Amen. Good evening. Right? Absolutely. One of my favorite attributes about God is the fact that He doesn't change. What if God was inconsistent, unreliable? What if God was capricious? Happy with you one day, angry with you the next day. Thank God that He does not change. His love endures forever. Well, in our study of Exodus, as we've been going through uh, the book of Exodus, we've seen Sinai, we've seen, well, we've seen the uh, captivity in, in Egypt, we've seen the God miraculously releasing them, we've seen Sinai, um, God has now given the instructions for how to build the tabernacle, we've gone through or how He laid it out, how God said, make sure you do everything according to the pattern that I showed you on the mountain. Don't deviate from this whatsoever. We saw the very, how specific it was to build the tabernacle, um, its height, its breadth, its wood, its gold, everything. Um, the courtyard, the, uh, the, the furniture within the tabernacle, how specific it is. And now God uh, tells Moses how to make the priest's garments, how Aaron and his sons should be dressed, And God says it is to be a statute forever. A statute forever. That's our title for tonight. So I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to read from God's Word. We're going to read just two verses tonight. Um, And we'll talk about Exodus chapter 28, verses 1 to 2. Let's pray first. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that indeed Your Word endures forever. That heaven and earth will pass away, but Your Word will never pass away, for your word is eternal, for you are the word of God. You are the living word of God. And we ask, Father God, tonight that Christ would be shown to us through the preaching of his word. And we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. This is what God says. Then bring near to you Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him. From among the people of Israel to serve me as priest, Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. And you shall make holy garments for Aaron your brother, for glory and for beauty. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. God has now laid out the space in which he is to be worshipped and which he is to be met by the children of Israel. Now he, is, he has specified who is to be his priest. Now he's giving specific garments. And notice the first thing he says, And you shall bring near to you Aaron your brother and his sons with him from among the people of Israel to serve me as priest, Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar. We see here that it is God who calls his priests. God calls his priests. And just to let you know, just we're not going to be as long as we normally are tonight, just the way the chapter's broken up. And uh, remember, there is no evening service next week um, because of the fellowship after service next week. Um, <clears throat> but God calls his priests. God is the one who decides who will be 
pastors within his church, preachers, prophets, all of them. The Bible tells us in Corinthians that God appoints preachers and pastors and evangelists and prophets and -and so-and-so. It is God who calls people to that position. People should not take this position upon themselves. Um, I actually recently had somebody come. I've had over the course of ministry here and other places, people will pop in from time to time and, and say that God has called me to be the pastor of your church. What happened here? That's, that's my title. And not to say that's my title, but it's not on... People can get delusions of grandeur of what God has called them to do. Now, God may call you to be a pastor. God may call you. God will call a man to be a pastor. Let's be clear about that. A man only can serve in the office of pastor. Um, it's actually... Uh, uh, believe it or not, in America's largest denomination, the word pastor is being debated for a year um, because of the issue of women preachers. It's a, the church is in a sad state because we so far navigating away from the Word of God and going on emotions as opposed to what God says. The Bible tells us here, even in the calling of Aaron and his sons, God calls his priests. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 5, verse 4, about the priests, it says, And no one takes this honor for himself, but only when called by God, just as Aaron was. Just as Aaron was. God said, this group of men, these Levites, are to be the ones who lead the nation in worship. They're the ones who are going to teach the word of God. It is this group and this group only. And no one else can come into this group of people that I have called. He says in Numbers chapter 3, verse 10, God says this, And you shall appoint Aaron and his sons, and they shall guard their priesthood. But if any outsider comes near, he shall be put to death. You don't think God takes serious the position of the one who teaches the word of God. No outsider was to come near, he was to be put to death. God chooses and calls who will be his representatives of the preaching of his word here on earth. It is a call That is high, it is to not be taken lightly. It is is for those, as I said, who God has called. The one who comes and says, I've been given this position by God, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to act like God's priest is in dangerous territory, so much so that God says to him, they shall be put to death. And just this past week, in my just personal reading, I read again the story of Uzziah. You know who King Uzziah was? He was a great king, actually. He was a great king in the beginning. He started out well. Matter of fact, uh, all the kings of Judah, most of them, for the most part, were good. They started out really well, but they ended really badly. Almost all the kings of Israel, the northern kingdom, were just bad. (laughs) There was a couple good ones in there. But Uzziah was king of Judah, and he ended really badly on this particular issue. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, beginning in verse 16, it says, And when he was strong, that is, Uzziah was strong, he grew proud, look at what God says, to his destruction. 
just take a moment to remind ourselves that God says He opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. For He was unfaithful to the Lord His God, and He entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. First of all, He went into a place, a space, that He was never supposed to go into to start with. The priests alone were allowed into the holy place, and the high priest once a year into the most holy place. It was not for anybody but Aaron and his sons, and he went into this place to burn incense on the altar of incense. But Azariah the priest went in after him with 80 priests of the Lord who were men of valor. Remember what God said to Aaron, uh, to Moses and Aaron in Numbers chapter 3. He goes, you are to guard the priesthood. So when you see somebody came in, the king himself came in from the outside, 80 men of valor, men who could fight, went in. And they withstood the king Uzziah and said to him, It is not for you, O Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the sons of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary, for you have done wrong, and it will bring you no honor from the Lord God. You know how interesting that statement is. It will bring you no honor from the Lord your God. We are not students of God's word. And we're led by emotion. It can lead you to act and do things where you think you are doing something great for God, but you're actually bringing dishonor to God, and God will not honor you. We need to act according to what God's Word says. Then Uzziah was angry. Now, the, now he had a censer in his hand to burn incense, and when he became angry with the priests... Leprosy broke out on his forehead in the presence of the priests in the house of the Lord by the altar of incense. And Azariah, the chief priest, and all the priests looked at him, and behold, he was leprous on his fore- in his forehead. And they rushed him out quickly, and he himself turned to go out because the Lord had struck him. And King Uzziah was a leper to the day of his death, and being a leper lived in a separate house, for he was excluded from the house of the Lord. And Jotham, his son, was over the king's household, governing the people of the land. Uzziah went to take a position that was not his. It was, he was not called to by God, and he went in. He says, I'm going to go do this. And the result was that he was made leprous by God. By leprous, he was outside of the children of Israel. He was outside of the house of of the Lord. We do not bring, we do not put ourselves in positions of which God has not called us, particularly when it comes to the priesthood. And this is a real issue in the church in America today about who can be a pastor, who can lead God's church. Men, faithful men called by God lead God's church. It's clear. Is it popular to say that? Absolutely not. The largest denomination in America, and I'll call them out, the Southern Baptist Convention, is going to debate for an entire year what does the word pastor mean and who can be a pastor. That's a sad state of affairs. Judgment's beginning in the house of God. God 
calls his priests. It's a job that not everybody should be rushing to do, by the way. It's a high calling, but it's a calling that comes with high standards. That's why James tells us, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Paul, writing to the church in Rome, says this about a person and what they think about themselves and where they are within God's kingdom. He says, For the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. We should also add to that, not that we add to the Word of God, don't think more highly of yourself, but I know I have a tendency that, and, and I have brothers and other adults who correct me, who we may, sometimes we think too low of ourselves. That's just the bad. That's just as bad. Think with sober judgments. Though you may not be called to the priesthood, God has called you to serve within his kingdom. For as in the one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them if prophecy in proportion to, the, to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Not everybody is called to the role of pastor. Not all men are called to the role of pastor. But the Bible refers to believers as a royal priesthood. We still serve within God's kingdom. But you are, Peter, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. How are we a royal priesthood? I'm not called to be a pastor. I'm a woman. I cannot be a pastor. God has other roles for me. How can I be served as a royal priesthood? Well, just as we learned this morning to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be a minister of the gospel, to be willing to tell people about the greatness of God, of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We serve in that priestly function. And because we all have been given that task, we should make it our effort to be proficient within the Word of God. 2 Timothy 2.15 says this, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, the worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the Word of truth. Paul, writing that to Timothy, who is a pastor, but it doesn't mean that you and I are not held to the same standard. We should, to the best of our ability, be students of God's Word so that we can rightly handle the Word of truth. How true is that? How important is that in today's culture? Where, again, the idea of who can be a pastor, uh, the idea of gender roles, of marriage, oh, it's all up for debate. Oh, well, God doesn't know. God, God has made spoken very clearly on those issues. Make sure you defend, you can defend those issues from Scripture in a way that is full of grace and seasoned with salt. So God calls us priests. 
Let's look at the priest's garments. He says, and you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. God says there's three things that are going to define the clothes that Aaron and his sons are going to wear. They're going to be holy, they're going to have glory, and they're going to have beauty. The word holy is kodesh in Hebrew. It means a partness, sacredness. In other words, this garment that Aaron in particular, the high priest, is to wear is separate from everybody else's clothes. Only one person can wear this set of clothes. It's separate and special for the high priest. He alone will wear these garments. You see the separateness of the high priest. And remember, the high priest is a picture of the future great high priest, Jesus Christ. The high priest is separate. He's holy. He's set apart. The Bible tells us in Exodus 15, verse 11, Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, Lord, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds and doing wonders? God is holy. His high priest is to be holy. The garments that he wears are to speak of his separateness, his holiness. God is holy. Remember in Isaiah where he saw the Lord high and lifted up. What did they shout to one another, the angels? And they called to one another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The second thing of the priest's garments is that it was for holiness and it was for glory, it says. The word glory is kabod. It literally means heaviness. It means weightiness. The heaviness, the glory of God fell, and the heaviness fell. Think of the shepherds in the field. It says, and the angel of the Lord appeared, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, right? And they were what? Jumping around doing cartwheels? They were, as the King James would say, they were sore afraid. They were petrified. A heaviness had come upon them. So when you were to look at Aaron, when you would see the high priest, it would be a, ooh, something about him. There's a weightiness. Just by how he's dressed, there is something to him. Something of which you would look at him and say, I don't know if I should be here or not. Am I prepared to stand in the presence of this man? Am I worthy to be in the presence of this man? Just as Isaiah said, when he saw the Lord high and lifted up, he said, what is, he said in Isaiah 6, 5, and I said, woe is me, for I am lost and I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in amongst the people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So when the people saw Aaron and they saw his garments, they were to see he was separate, and he was like, there was a weightiness to him. He carried, you know, we speak of of the last few years, with Trump and now with Biden, you know, the, the, the idea of the weightiness of the office, of how they hold the office, which does matter. 
It's the same idea. There is to be a weightiness, but not, 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 it's not bad. It's, 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 it's just a seriousness of the office of priest. His garments were to speak of that. And they were also, it says, to be beautiful. Tipperet is the Hebrew word. It means beauty and splendor. Aaron was to be a, his. He was a sharp-dressed man for the job. Reminds me of Jasper. Jasper's sharp-dressed man. You looked at him, and there was a weightiness, but there was a beauty about his garments, which we'll get into in two weeks from now. We'll get it. We'll get into. But there's a heaviness within the presence of God, but there's a beauty within the presence of God, which is what Aaron represents. David writes in Psalm 27, One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. How often do we associate God with being beautiful? I can't see God. How do I know if He's beautiful or not? Of course He's beautiful. I know by His Word. The beauty of the Lord. So Aaron was somebody who was going to come out and there was going to be a presence about him, a weightiness about him, a separateness about him, and a beauty about him. That's the first things God says about the priest's garments. But if we also are called to be a royal priesthood, the question we should ask ourselves are, what are we wearing? What are we wearing? What are we displaying to the world? There's two, two places in Scripture that I know of where God addresses actually what you physically wear. And it's to women. All you have to do is just drive down the boulevard of Hasbro Heights to see that it's almost like clothing is becoming optional. Sad to say. God addresses women in particular because God made women uh, beautiful and, 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 and special. And, and so he addresses the way they should dress. In 1 Timothy 2.9, he says, Likewise, also women should adorn themselves with respectable apparel, with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire. Now, should you not wear gold jewelry or have your hair braided or pearls or, or costly attire? Well, if God's provided for you and you, and you can afford, uh, I don't know what's costly. I mean, I shop at Walmart. So um, is it wrong to? No, again, we need to understand, as we said this morning, culturally, that's the dress of a prostitute. Don't dress to make yourself be seen. It's not the way God would have a woman dress or a man dress. It says the same thing in Peter. In 1 Peter 3, beginning in verse 3, says, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry and the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. I would encourage women to dress modestly. 
I understand having a daughter, a teenage daughter. My, I don't shop for my teenage daughter. My wife does. She says, you don't understand how hard it is to buy clothes today. It's a sad, sad state of affairs. God addresses women how they should dress, but how should all of us dress? Again, let's look at 1 Peter 2.9. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for His own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. As a royal priesthood, what are we wearing? Are we showing ourselves to be separate? Are we living a life which says we are separate from the culture? We don't buy into the culture. We're not affirming the culture. We're not uh, acquiescing to the culture in any way. We're not conforming to the culture. But we're living separate from the culture, separate and holy lives. As God says to the children uh, in Ephesus, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Are we striving to be an imitator of God. God stands separate from the culture of this world. Peter tells us this in 1 Peter 1.15, But he who called you is holy, so you also be holy in all your conduct. Are we separate in all of our conduct? But God does tell us in the, in the book of Colossians what is specifically what we should be found wearing. Put on then, Colossians 3, put on then. That's the idea. He already talked about put off, take off the old self and all the the works of the flesh. He listed them. He says, take those off. And the picture is that of taking off a garment and putting on a new one. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved Compassionate hearts. Are you compassionate? Am I compassionate? I'll be honest, sometimes I struggle with compassion. Kindness. Humility. Meekness and patience. Are those the kind of things that we wear? Bearing with one another. Literally putting up with each other. That can be hard, can it not be? And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so also you must forgive. These are the things we should wear. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Put on love. Are we a loving people? This morning in our service, we learned about Hesed love, of the love of God. Do we pursue in love as God has loved us? Are we known by our love? There's an old song that says, they'll know we're Christians by our love. You know, one of the things that kept Mahatma Gandhi from becoming a Christian was saying that he saw that Christians were famous for shooting their own, not acting in love, not forgiving, not bearing with one another. Are we standing separate? Are we dressed in the way we act, in the way that we speak? Are we different? Are we set apart? 
Is there, uh, because we are, are, are representing the Lord Jesus Christ, is there a sense of commanding of a respect? Is there a, 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 a set-apartness to us? Are we letting the peace of Christ rule in our hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and are we thankful? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And to whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. As we look at the priest's garments, as I'll say, as John says, this is how the Lord spoke to me about this. God calls his priests. God has the specific function of the pastor of what today would be. It's for men. It's men who are called by God. Not anybody can have that job. It is uh, 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 the garments of the priests were for holiness. They were for glory and they were for beauty. And we are to emulate holiness and glory and beauty for the Lord. What are we wearing? Are we good representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ? Thanks be to God for His mercy, and if we need to improve, then let's improve. And let's do it together for the glory of Christ and Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, thank You that You have established a priesthood. Thank You that You are the great high priest, that You are the model high priest, that there is no priest greater than You. For You offered Your sacrifice, the Word tells us, once for all. And thank you that we are the beneficiaries of the sacrifice of Christ that was made once for all. Lord, help us. Help us to be dressed in the beauty of Christ so that in this world, as we are called to be your ambassadors, as Paul says to the church in Corinth, that we would bear the ministry of reconciliation nothing that we do would hinder that message. Help us to be dressed. Dressed in the glory of Christ. We ask it for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand. Let's close in a song. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Ah. Uh...